What's up, Clock Dodgers? It's your host, Neil. Before we get to the episode, which is a great episode, may I add, I do want to just go over a couple of things. First, uh, official fantasy rings. I know you guys remember me talking about this, uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago, maybe. So I told you that I would be working on a deal to see if I can get, you know, the Clock Dodgers out there, anything special, right? So I'm working on having two leagues, two leagues. What we'll do is the first people to donate uh, $10 or more, of course, whatever, you know, if you got more, you got more, $10 or more um, to the charity that I haven't chose yet, Uh, maybe we'll do one or two, depending on, we'll have two leagues, but maybe we'll do one or two different charities, we'll see, Um, but the first, uh, well, thinking about doing like a 12 or 14 team league, so uh, whichever one, the first people that donate to that will be in that league, Um, and maybe we'll try to get some fun uh, guests in that league as well, so there may be less spots available, we'll we'll see how it works, but um, remember how that's going to work is the champions of both of those leagues will get a ring, uh, man, you guys see these things. If you haven't already seen them, um, I'll post them on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter at clock Dodgers. If you're not already doing it, um, and you can see some examples of the ring, um, or hit me up. I can send you them, but, uh, official is the one that's sponsoring this. So the champions of each ring will both get a ring. Um, champions of each league will both get a ring. So, uh, hit me up for more details or I'll just, or just wait and I'll release more details as they come. But the other fun thing was that if you go to the official and you order a ring for your league, um, I'm going to do something special for you. We're going to do something special. What we're going to do is if you use the code Dodgers 20, when you sign up, you'll get 20% off your order. 20%. That's huge. Um, so ho- hopefully that, you know, that helps you guys out a little bit. It's a, it's great stuff. If you haven't already visit, visited their site, please do so. Um, it's something that every league needs, man. It's just something you need, like just something to spice up your league. Um, you know, to make it more funner, to make the prize a little better. It's just make it more fun, man. It's just, it just works that way. Um, did I say funner? I don't like the word funner. I don't even think it is a word. I like, I think it's fun. So, uh, yeah. So check them out. Uh, 20% off if you use the code Dodgers20. Now, before we get to the episode, still, I also got a little gift in the mail from Fantasy Loser Tattoos. If you haven't checked them out, it's fantasylosertattoos.com. They got these really cool tattoos that, um, you know, if someone loses your league or whatever kind of fun way you want to do it, they're these temporary tattoos that you could put on you. Um, that They all have these little, you know, funny sayings and stuff. One's got a butterfly and says, I suck it at, a, at fantasy. Um, there's some actually that are uh, Matthew Berry's on them. So the uh, fantasy life does have a little uh, involvement there, but there's all different kinds of ones. And I'll, I'll put up a couple of pictures of these too. They're really cool. Again, just another way to make your league fun, you know, spice things up a little bit. I may put some up in contests and stuff uh, for guys to be able to win some of these. Just again, it's cool. It's fun. So check them out. Fantasylosers.com. Thank you guys for sending those out to me. Follow them on Twitter, hit up their website, order yourself some uh, really cool stuff, really cool stuff to get people involved and, and just make the league a little funner. Okay. The last thing, the last thing I wanted to hit you guys with is the the guest. The guest on this episode is Mitchell Renz. If you guys aren't familiar with Mitchell yet, you're about to. Uh, we had a great conversation. He, he's, he's a smart dude, good dude, um, very helpful to uh, you know people in the fantasy community and, and just in general. But if you if you're not familiar with him, he he gives you all the places to find him at. But let me just hit him hit you with him really quick again first. Uh, it's at Mitchell Renz three sixty five on Twitter. You can check him out on the podcast Gridiron for the Gridiron Experts uh, Empire Fantasy Podcast. So go subscribe to that if you haven't already. Leave them a review too. Uh, you know you guys know 
from listening here. That's super important to us and it's super helpful for podcasts. So um, subscribe to them, leave them a review. He's a writer for fantasy, uh, fantasy pros. He also is a writer for the uh, fantasy footballers. So, um, and I think he just wrote, yeah, he just wrote an article. I want to say it was for... Which one was the one I just checked out that was really good? I think it was about two QBs, uh, two QB leagues. You got to check it out. It was, it was a good article, though. But it's on, it's on my timeline also. If I mean, you find it on his timeline if you follow him. Otherwise, uh, if you look on my timeline, if it's easier for you, uh, it's on there as well. But he's, just, he's got a bunch of good stuff. He's a smart dude. He puts out a bunch of good content. And again, like most people in the fantasy football community, super helpful, super nice dude. So go check him out. Mitchell Renz. That's the conversation we're getting to. Mitchell Renz, the fantasy football podcast is all fantasy football orientated, of course, besides the, uh, you know, the sidetracking that we do and the fun talks that we get into and little foul or no fouls and things we mix in there. Adam is also on this episode. So he's on here. I'm on here. Mitch was on here. It's a bunch of good information for you guys. And it's fun. It's fun as always. So I would check you guys out on the other side. All right, guys, before we start talking about, you know, all, all the stuff that we have planned here today and the, and the two wide receivers that everyone wants to talk about right now, um, I do want us to get into our guest a little bit, which is Mitchell, Mitchell Renz. Uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better, man. So, you know, on the Cloud Dodgers podcast, we don't like to just have guests on, um, get these hot takes and analysis and, you know, the whole entire conversation without knowing the person themselves. So first off, welcome to the show, Mitchell. Thanks, guys. I'm uh, really excited to be on here, and it's a late night, but I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing on a Friday night so, than uh, <laughs> podcasting. But you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter at MitchellRenz365. That is always greatly appreciated. And uh, I write for Gridiron Experts. I'm the head writer there. I write for the Fantasy Footballers, and I recently just wrote my first article for Fantasy Pros, so you guys can check that out. And if you guys go on my Twitter, follow me, and retweet my pinned tweet, you can get a chance to win a uh, ultimate draft kit from the fantasy footballers. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. You're super active on Twitter, like you said. You, you you know you got a bunch of content that you put out, and not only do you have a bunch of content that you put out, but you also support a lot of people, which is really cool. Um, which is what this you know community is all about. So um, that's that, sure. was, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on too. And of course, Adam's also on the line. I'm not going to let you introduce yourself like Adam because I don't care. Now I'm joking. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Adam. Yeah, always. Always glad to be here. Now. <laughs> Such a warm welcome. I as know, always. man. Just got to do it to you, man. Um, but you know, Adam's been working on some things too, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, like I said, man, I just want to, you know, there's people who, li- who who are listening, to Mitchell, who who may not know you, then of course people who do know you. But like 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 you said, you spread your content across, you know, tons of different platforms. Um, where does this hunger for fancy football for you come from? Like, where did this start? Where did it start? So I've actually been at it now for almost a year, um, but I've been doing fantasy football for, oh man, I guess like 12 years now. I, I do a fantasy league with my family, and it is probably the most competitive league I've ever been in. Um, but I guess the, the desire to really do it stems from when I graduated college, I had the opportunity to go play professional baseball in Germany. 
And oh, wow. I lived over there for an entire year, which was uh, an amazing experience. And when I was over there, I mean, you guys can imagine, you know, you miss friends, you miss family. And being able to sit down and listen to a podcast and being able to write something that made me feel like home was something I really wanted to get into. And at times I think we forget how important and or just how much sometimes in everyday lives we need a break. And a fantasy football is my way to escape. Um, and if I can provide an escape for somebody who's maybe going through a tough time or wants to just think about fantasy football, I mean, why not do that? So that's where the drive comes from. And ultimately, I want to do this full time. And I think I can do it. Well, uh, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you that. said you've been you've been doing the writing and everything for like a year, which is not a lot of time, really. Um, and yet, yeah, like no. you said, you're in a lot of places right now. For that, so that's pretty good. I mean, so so you said your ultimate goal is to make it your career. I mean, that's that's is that what's driving you? Is that your target at this point? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I've been lucky enough where what I do right now, I work in a digital marketing agency and uh, we work with Google and Bing and we really learn the inside outs, which has really kind of helped me in my writing career and really, um, I don't want to get too techie, but like (laughs) SEO and SEM and really drive people to the site. And obviously, people like fantasy pros or whoever I write for care about my writing, but it doesn't really matter if you can't get eyeballs or ears on what you're doing. So, but that's, uh, yeah, I guess that's a little bit about me. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a good background to have, like you said, in, in, in that, uh, in that market that you're in, uh, before we get on to everything else that I have here planned besides fantasy football, what else are you passionate about, man? Is there, is there any other big thing? Like if there was no fantasy football, what would you be doing? (laughs) Wow. If I is no honestly like that is such a tough question. Um, <laughs> it is like it is like my second job fantasy football, but I don't know. I'm I'm pretty into the gym, I guess. So it's another good way to just burn off some steam. And I try to go to the gym uh, an hour or two a day. So um, I don't know. I'm pretty passionate about that. I try to eat healthy. Uh, at times, I think I get on my cousin's nerves, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's whatever. Hey man, those are two like polar opposites, right? Like fantasy football's got you sitting down a lot and just watching and typing and this and that and then the gym total opposite man so balance is out it's balance it's good ways to just escape i mean like i said i like my job at times but it's also really stressful so if i can do things that can help me escape that's that's what it's about totally understand it man well all right so we know who you are now we got it we kind of got i mean we don't know who you are but we got a good understanding (laughs) of what you're about um obviously with, with this podcast, right, I take lots of questions um, from people, whether it's on Twitter, um, different apps like SleeperBot, Fantasy Life app, things like that, or the website, wh- wherever I can get them. And tons of questions came in about two wide receivers, which is Eric Decker and Jeremy Macklin. Um, obviously, a lot of people have talked about these guys, written about these guys. It's been you know discussed everywhere. But just to knock out all these questions, to just get them all out of the way, I figure we'll all just talk about these guys really quick um, and just kind of put it all out there how we feel about these guys um we can kind of start with i mean do you guys have any predictions on where they're going to land or do you not really care fantasy wise where they land we'll start with you mitchell do you care where they land i care more about decker to be honest than i do macklin because i think decker has proven in his career that he's a red zone threat and the older we see wide receivers get in that age um decker's never really been a burner macklin early in his career was more of a burner and if Decker can be that possession receiver in the red zone, I mean, that's going to provide fantasy. Um, it, we're we're going to get points from that. But that being said, I don't, obviously if Macklin were to land on a great team and Decker, I mean, Decker's getting out of the situation with the jets, which is definitely going to help. So 
Um, but I'm not going to – neither of these guys are in my top 30. Gotcha. So you're not too concerned, but, you know, like you said, they may have a role. Adam, are you – I mean, do you care? Like, you know, Mitchell, you know, he, he, he made a good point, but do you, do you care where they go or – are you just going to kind of, you know, they're just going to kind of stay in that middle area where they're at from a fantasy perspective for them as individuals. I definitely care where they go. Um, especially for Decker, similar to Mitchell, he's kind of the one that I'm, I'm more focused on from a fantasy perspective. Um, right now he is one of my more heavily owned assets in MFL tens because I kind of saw this coming. I really expected that he would end up getting released. I was kind of hoping that that would be the case. And uh, there's a lot of dream scenarios for him as far as where to land. But uh, I think the one that's the most realistic and also probably becoming, to me, one of my favorite potential landing spots for him is in Baltimore. Um, With Dennis Pitt's injury, they've now vacated over 300 targets from last season, which is just an insane number. And furthermore, we're running into a situation where they don't really have any red zone threats there. I mean, Mike Wallace, over the course of his career, has never really shown to be that guy. Brashad Perriman's coming along, but we don't really know what he can be there. Uh, I think Eric Decker would fit in phenomenally as kind of a good role player in that offense. And uh, yeah, that would, to me, be one of the best fits. And I think that very well could be where he ends up. I could get on board with that. I like that. Yeah, I think it's 336 targets to be uh, to be exact. But, I mean, I think who, the Ravens were seventh last year, I believe, in passing yards and second most pass attempts. So I mean, when you're talking about that large of a target share that Decker could potentially walk into. But to be honest, I think that's where Macklin's going to go. Um, I've heard a lot of reports that Macklin's meetings went well and the money was the only reason why he left uh, on the first day, but I don't know. It seemed like he was getting heavily recruited by a lot of the players there because I know um, he wanted to go there, but we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna we'll, be it's gonna be interesting. I, I even heard. I mean, I don't know how serious it was, but that Decker may even retire. I mean, I don't know. Wow. You know, obviously the guy has everything, right? So I mean, he's not crazy to happen. Yeah. So you know, it's always a, it's always a possibility with these guys. Maybe a smart decision, really. Um, I mean, right now, like I said, everybody's talking about these guys. Is it just because we have nothing else to talk about, or what? what you know, what is it? Are they just the flavors of the week? I mean, what do what do you guys yeah. think about that? I mean, you know, obviously we're not crazy about them. Like, oh, we can't, you know, we can't wait to get them. But at the same time, everybody's talking about them. Is we just is it just we're in the off season? We're limited. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you get a little bit of a taste of the draft, and that kind of gets everybody's excitement going, and then you write about that for a month, and now we're in kind of like that lull period in June where we want to get everything going, but um, I don't know. I think too many times people at this time of the year are trying to pull headlines and just talk about stuff, and which I get. I mean, I'm excited for fantasy football too, but it's coming. Let's just be patient. And <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, you know, we got that out of the way. Like I said, there were so many different variations of, uh, of questions, and I hope that kind of summed up how we feel about them. Um, you know, we're not like jacked up about it, but at the same time, we understand, you know, where the value is with them. And, you know, obviously there's some places for them to land, but we'll wait till they land there to really get into that and, and see what, you know, how it shakes out. What I do want to do is um, we have this Clock Dodgers Rankum se- segment that I love to do, where I, I basically just pull all kinds of just general things, and I want us to rank three of the things in that category um so it it changes from episode to episode uh depending on the guest depending on what i want to talk about so we're gonna go ahead and jump into that you guys ready for that oh yeah let's do it all right cool all right so the the first category that we have here is for this upcoming season in ppr scoring 
Raider running backs. How are we going to rank these? We'll let Mitchell start first. We have Marshawn Lynch. We have DeAndre Washington. And we have Jalen Richard. How do you want to rank these guys one, two, and three? I want to rank them the way you have it as Lynch one, Washington two, Richard Richard three. But I think it's going to be Lynch one, Richard two, Washington three. Um, I wrote an article. One of my very first articles I ever wrote for Gridiron Experts is why I thought DeAndre Washington was going to kind of like take over that role. For Latavius Murray, because I don't think Latavius Murray is a very good running back, and I think last year was a definitely a good point of that. I mean, last season Murray, I believe, had five carries of over twenty yards, and Washington and Richard combined for twelve and like half the amount of carries. I think it just really highlights how amazing that Raiders offensive line is, and Marshawn stepping into that role. And if Marshawn Lynch can play over fourteen games, I'm pretty confident to say that he'll finish as a top twelve back. Um, but will he? I don't know. I watched every single run from him two years ago for the fantasy footballers on our segment, uh, What's on the Tape. And the tape still looked really good with Marshawn. Extremely big back, great balance, great vision. But with that offensive line that the Raiders have in that offense, I mean, they're definitely going to want to pass it. But Washington and Rashard to me are coin flips. Both averaged over 5.4 yards per carry last year. But they're ultimately going to be the third down backs and Lynch will be the bruiser one through two. Right. You know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm a Raider fan, so um, I watch okay. everything and consume everything Raiders <laughs> to the T. So I'm obviously big on Lynch and he sounds super motivated for Oakland, um, you know, to do it for the city of Oakland, whether that translates, obviously we'll all have to wait and see, but I think, you know, you're right with Lynch, Richard Washington, just because of the way things will probably pan out. But I think it could go either way, like you said. Adam, I know you probably have some strong feelings on this at the moment, right? Yeah, I mean, you definitely do. I mean, you kind of uh, teased it at the top, but uh, I actually have a uh, writing debut article that should be coming out on playerprofiler.com within the next week or so here on this exact subject. So, guys, please look out for that. I will uh, be tweeting that out at the other FF guy on Twitter uh, when I am actually fully published on that. Um, so that'll go in depth in great detail as to how I feel about the situation. Um, but just to kind of break it down as simply as possible, I mean, I think that if you're going to rank them, obviously you have to rank Lynch one. I mean, they went out, they signed him. He is kind of the asset to own there from just a who's going to get the most starter snaps perspective. That being said, I mean, I think it's really hard to – believe in a situation like that i mean he's trying to do something that we've never seen done before a guy coming out of retirement and having a season where he's gonna supposedly get this huge workload uh personally i just don't see it happening especially with what occurred for the raiders with them having the injury to Carr in the playoffs last season i think that they want to be able to have a reliable running game into the playoffs and for that they might limit lynch during the regular season um, regardless, though, for me, it goes Lynch 1, uh, DeAndre Washington 2, and Jalen Richard 3. DeAndre Washington, to me, is by far the better overall talent. Uh, he just has a way greater college pedigree, and I think you kind of have to go back to that because ultimately neither one of these guys had a ton of touches last year. Um, both were right in the 80-carry range, and both had a great yards per carry. Um, both had great breakaway run rates, and both showed really this explosive ability. But if you go back to college, I mean, DeAndre Washington had that 
bell cow back pedigree. I mean, he was someone who was entrusted with 250 plus carries at Texas Tech. He was somebody who was able to run for over 1,400 yards. He accounted for over 50% of his offense's rushing yards in his senior season. And in that, he also accounted for over 10% of their passing production. So he was a guy who was able to do both rushing and receiving very effectively. And like I said, I mean, I'll have a full article that breaks down this situation in grand detail. But I really think DeAndre Washington is someone to look out for as a possible sleeper target, breakout candidate, because we don't know how much Lynch has left. And if there is a situation that is primed to have a explosive breakout it, it is Oakland. I mean, Mitchell touched on it a little bit. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league, and ultimately Lynch is a shaky guy to rely on. So I think that it's a situation ripe for, for a breakout. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's gonna be. I think we all can agree that it's an exciting backfield. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays itself out, obviously. But um, I think, you know, I guess everyone, you know, Mitchell even likes Washington too, really. I mean, we all like Washington, but it's just, I don't know, man. Richard, he got, I don't know, man. We'll see how it pans out. It's going to be interesting. Um, this is, a, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a crowded backfield sort of, but we'll see. We'll see. Mitchell, you have anything to touch on before we go off of that subject? No, nah, man. I thought okay. he hit it right on the head. Yeah. I mean, it was everything I've highlighted <laughs> yeah. with Washington. I'm a big Washington fan. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I hope Lynch can carry, you know, can can do his thing and not get hurt. And Adam, there's always a first time for everything, man. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> man, there are no examples. No examples. Someone's got to be the example at some point. So we'll see. Now, the next one, next category that we have here, I, I chose this specifically for you, for you, Mitchell, because anyone who follows you on Twitter knows you talk about this stuff a lot. Um, if you're not getting a check from them yet, you should at some point get a check from them because you do talk about them a lot, man. Um, and it's Halo Top Ice Cream Flavors. Now, I, I got three options. I had to choose three options because I want us to rank three things. That's how the, how, the, how the game goes. But if you have some kind of wild card, man, or anything like that, you're more than welcome to put them in there. I just went off the three that I see talked about the most, um, that I see people seem to like the most. But again, you know, you know, that's everyone's perception. So the three flavors that I have here are mint chip, s'mores, and chocolate. Now, here's the thing. You're probably going to be the one most qualified to answer this because I haven't actually had all these flavors. Um, so I, you know, I can only go off of what I would assume after trying certain ones, but, um, I'll let you, I'll let you start because you'll have the most experience, man, in the Halo top ice cream game. Yeah. Well, let me first off by start by saying Halo top was a sponsor of the fantasy footballers. So, um, uh, no, they need to be a sponsor of you directly, sir. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there. <laughs> if you're hail top, if you're listening, let's get on that. But no, I guess out of the flavors that you have listed here, mint chips, s'mores, and chocolate, I would rank them as mint chip is my favorite. Also with 240 calories, it's the lightest. Um, and then s'mores and then chocolate. But recently I've been kind of like dabbling in some other kind of protein ice cream, if you will. And I've come across Arctic Zero, which has half the calories, which I'm a big fan of. Um the taste is not as good as Halo Top, but the one actually my new favorite is in, it's called Enlightened. Where, where are you? Uh, where are you finding these at? Are they are they in the store too? Or yeah, I have a major sweet tooth. Like it's um, it's out of hand sometimes. But I mean, are but, they in like Publix and stuff, or are they are you buying these online or something? Or uh, you can buy them online, but I just walk into my uh, local Stop and Shop and okay. they have them. But Enlightened Cookie Dough, it's like much creamier. It's uh, not as healthy. There's a lot more carbs and <laughs> calories in it. But I mean, like, come on, it's it's still really good. So 
all right yeah i mean me and adam had, had spoken about this before man like if we're not talking healthy I mean, me and Adam say Ben and Jerry's is, is, is the top, but, you know, obviously, I don't know. Adam, you have no experience in Halo, right? I have no experience in Halo, no experience. but I will say that these three flavors you chose are garbage to me <laughs> in every other, like, sense of the word. Like, first and foremost, man, I don't know how you guys feel about s'mores, but, like, if you put marshmallow in ice cream, that to me is, like, one of the most disgusting things you can do. <laughs> I love so, s'mores. Oh, too. my God. Uh, you guys can enjoy all the s'mores ice cream that exists well, on the planet. There is no marshmallow in the Halo Top. There's no, there's no marshmallow in the Halo Top. Oh, oh, I can get on board with some graham cracker and chocolate. So that that's a that's, totally different situation. Honestly, I, like that's what it is. It's like kind of like an ice cream flavored, um, ice cream flavored marshmallow. It doesn't make any sense. Marshmallow <laughs> flavored ice cream, and then yeah, there's like graham cracker in it. So it's not bad. But like I said, honestly, I mean, if I'd had to rank three of them, I'd put Enlightened, the new one, uh, my new favorite, Enlightened 1, Halo Top 2, and then Arctic Zero 3. You should try out Enlightened. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, check it out. You said Enlightened. You said Enlightened is not a healthy version, or it is healthier? I mean, it's like 400 calories in a pint. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It's still like not. It's still nothing, but like compared to Halo Top or Arctic Zero. It's, right. But damn, mm-hmm. check them out, guys. Enlightened, Arctic Zero, Halo Top, whatever you guys want to choose. I mean, we're just trying to throw some stuff out there for you guys. You know, open, oh, expand expand on your ice cream a little bit. And Adam, stop hitting on marshmallows, bro. What's your favorite <laughs> ice cream flavor? Since you want to talk about s'mores, what's your, fav- what's your favorite ice cream flavor, Adam? Let's see what you guys say. Vanilla, vanilla bean? Uh, I don't know. If I was, like, going generic, like, I don't know. Like, cookies and cream's real solid if I'm okay. going generic. Okay. I ain't gonna knock it. I mean, I'm not gonna knock it or nothing, man. I mean, it's nothing special. <laughs> but. I'm a salted caramel kind of guy. What? Ooh. See, that's something I've never tried. I've never tried salt. Oh, no, salted caramel is, yeah, salted caramel is where it's at. That's a great try, name drop. Try salted caramel Halo Top. That one's actually really good. I'll have to try it out. I'll have to Definitely try that. Look into that. All right, guys. Let's get off of this ice cream before I start eating ice cream. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> first, we started with the gym. Now we're talking about ice cream. I got to change subjects. Um, Top of the AFC West. Okay, again, I only can give three options because that's just the way this game works. But if you guys feel a different team should be in this, you are more than welcome <laughs> to add it in there. I'm just trying to be a hater because I'm a Raiders fan, and so I'm just got to pick a team to hate on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs. We have to pick from those three. See, I would put Raiders, Chiefs, and then you know Broncos and Chargers can duke it out for last. I really don't care. But Adam, you can start with this, and then we'll see what Mitchell says after. All right, this, I mean... And we can, and you can say this from a fantasy perspective or an NFL perspective, whichever one you feel like going. I'm just a Raider fan, so I really don't like any of these teams, but I'm just going to say Raiders, yeah. Chiefs, and then whoever. <laughs> well, to pull behind the curtain a little bit for the, uh, for the listeners to get the live look into what happens before the podcast, me and Mitchell were pretty much freaking out over the fact he left the Chargers out initially. Um, so, you know... Nonetheless, I got hate on Philip Rivers, man. I got hate on him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Haters gonna hate, man. It's your <laughs> it's your division. I let I let you make the decision. It's your podcast, your division. I'll, I'll let you make the call. But yeah, I think I got to go Raiders one. I uh, I definitely feel like they are the strongest team in that division. Uh, I really like teams that build from the inside out, and I think that the Raiders have done that with what they have on the offensive line, and I think that uh, they're going to be really successful for a lot of years to come with that young team there. Uh, ultimately, from there, though, it could be a toss-up of any of these three teams. 
Uh, I'm probably going to go with the Chiefs, too. Um, they've always seemed to kind of have like a home field advantage there at Arrowhead, and Andy Reid's been a really successful coach over the course of his career. So for me, I just feel like I'm most confident about him as the number two there. So I guess that leaves Broncos three, saying not counting the Chargers as a team in the AFC West. So I guess that's how it would break down for me. All right, Mitchell? Yeah, I mean... Oh, we'll make this quick. Yeah, I think it's the exact same order for actual football, so I'll put a fantasy football spin on it in regards to just what teams I'm the most excited about. And for me, the team that I'm the most excited about in fantasy football for this season um, out of this division is Chargers 1, Raiders 2, and then probably um, Chiefs 3, Broncos 4. That's probably how I would do it from a fantasy standpoint. How dare you? Sorry, man. What is it about the Chargers? What about the Chargers that you are more excited about fantasy-wise than the Raiders? Phillip Rivers is going to have a better year than Derek Carr, oh, stat-wise. Okay. Okay. Melvin Gordon's going to outscore Marshawn Lynch. Um, the Raiders receivers are better. But I just think the overall offense of the Chargers this year is going to be plugging away. And I'm a huge Phillip Rivers fan. I actually think I have him 7th or 6th in my rankings. So, um I just think that offense is going to churn, and if they can stay healthy, even though apparently Mike Williams hurt, has like a dislocated like disc or something in his back, something not very good. Um, makes me a little bit worried, but big, I just like the Chargers' offense. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty dominating. So yeah, they de- they definitely invested heavily in the offense. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Chiefs fans <laughs> out there screaming, probably, well, you're not talking about the Chiefs. I don't know, man. It'll be it's gonna be a fun division again. We'll see. It's it was fun last year. It'll be better this year. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, um, best division of football. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The next category is the biggest fantasy risk, um, and you can of course that's perception. You know, you can kind of bend this any way you want. But the three guys that I'm gonna throw in here that we're gonna have to rank is Jordan Howard, Keenan Allen, and Gronk Mitchell. Where you want to go in this one, man? For me, biggest fantasy risk is number one, it's uh, it's Jordan Howard. Number two is Keenan Allen, and three is Gronk. And that might be, I guess, head-scratching because Gronk has not been able to stay healthy. But in my opinion, Gronk is the only fantasy winner, like true fantasy difference maker out of that group of guys. If Gronk does somehow play even just like 14 games and you draft him in round three, you're going to have a really, really really good team and it's going to put you in a good spot and Keenan Allen I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen before he was injured in 2015 he was on pace for I believe 142 catches for a little bit over 1500 yards and eight touchdowns Um, I don't think obviously that kind of production will happen this season but he's a really talented guy and he's kind of had some fluky injuries so I don't really know if it's fair to predict that he's going to get injured again and with Howard it's um, here's kind of a spoiler but he might come up later for me and the show so i won't give away too much but um i just don't trust i like howard as a player i just don't trust the situation he's in that's that's, that's fair that's fair adam do you are you, are you uh, agree with mitchell on all three of these or you got them a little different well i'll say first and foremost this is one of like the hardest questions you proposed to me ever on this podcast because i think <laughs> that these are three guys who right now for me um i mean gronk is kind of the easy one for me like to me gronk is a walk i love that he's going in the third round of drafts right now because i mean to me if gronk's healthy for 12 games he's a value in the third round i mean the guy is just like a touchdown machine 
So I, I'm loving him. I've been eating him up in MFL 10s. He's my most owned tight end, and I think will continue to be because people continue to let him fall into the third, which is just ludicrous to me. Um, but of the other two with Keenan Allen and Jordan Howard, damn, can't talk here. Um, <laughs> I fall very similar to kind of where Mitchell aligned his thoughts. Um, for me, ultimately, Jordan Howard is just kind of in the worst situation. Ultimately, I, I don't like to invest in running backs on bad offenses, and I think Chicago is going to be a really bad offense this year, especially with the draft capital that you have to invest in Jordan Howard right now. I just I don't feel really great about it. Furthermore, I mean, Howard did an okay job catching the ball last year, but I just don't see him as a guy who's really like a dynamic pass catcher. And for me, most of my leagues are PPR. I, I like being able to have that dual threat, and I just think he's going to be limited in that capacity, whereas Keenan Allen has the potential of being a top-12 receiver again. I mean, what he was able to do with Phillip Rivers two years ago was phenomenal. And I think that ultimately, if he can kind of stay healthy and be able to repair that relationship and, and come back as strong as he was, he, to me, has a much better floor and Jordan Howard might have a better ceiling because, I mean, what we saw from him last year, he he was able to show that even on a poor offense, he could be dynamic. He right. just worries me a lot more as far as what he could fall into. Right. And you see, I like to ask this question because I think it's interesting how when we say risks, like everybody takes a risk as a different you know meaning behind it or a reason for it. Um, you know, Gronk and Allen have these injury histories that a lot of people are afraid of, but yet you guys still say Howard is more of the risk, which is interesting because most people think, oh, injury risk, you know, but you guys are saying, you know, situational risk as far as, you know, the team he's I on. I also think it's, no, I can also say it's ADP. I think Howard's right. probably going the highest out of all those That's guys. True. So. Yeah. So yeah, so it's ADP as well. Um, you know, whether you're going to get a, a return on that 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 you know that placement. So it's interesting. You know, I wanted to see where you guys would go with it. How you know how much the injuries and the ADPs and where it would kind of collide at for you guys. But it sounds like you guys are kind of pretty much in agreement uh, with with where they go. And I think it's hard to argue your guys' stance really. But we'll see, man. We'll see. No injury risk with Jordan Howard, but the situation, the ADP, it's not the greatest. Not the greatest. The last yeah, I don't one. Think it's- I don't know if you could say there's no injury risk. He's a running back. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. If you could tell me, out of all the positions, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, I think running back's the most likely to get injured. Right, so. right. I, I guess I meant as far as, you know, been injured last year or had injury history um, that we're okay, aware touche. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, the last category in the rank em is in the gym, on your headphones, rank em, music, podcasts, and audiobooks. Obviously, Mitchell, man, you said it's like your second home, so I'll let you start off with this one. Well, in the gym is a little different. In the gym, I like to get hyped up, and that's music. Uh, <laughs> big hip-hop kind of guy. I also really like The weekend. and uh, my nickname in college, my buddies used to call me, was The Weekday. Um, <laughs> it, was like a, it was like the rip-off version of it, obviously, but um, but now I really like to listen to music when I'm at the gym, but podcasts for me are more like if I'm, to be honest, like going for a run or if I'm like just power walking or... Um, I don't know, just doing stuff around the house, showering, like at work. I probably, I mean, I probably listen to six to eight hours of podcasts a day. Um, That's a lot. But <laughs> at the gym, it's uh, it's music. Yeah, me too. Audiobooks, I don't even, anything with the book, I'm not really into. <laughs> Adam, where you at on this list, man? Obviously, you know, audiobooks is a tough one, man. Some people do like them. 
in the gym, it's just hard for me. Um, I, I, I'm with Mitchell on this as far as, you know, music's got to be the go-to for me. I, I, I can listen to a podcast in the gym, but it's just, yep. I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't really get you hype. It does. It's kind of like if you're like in the sauna maybe and you're just chilling or, you know, doing something slow. But I don't know. Podcasts. podcasts it's hard to. Podcasts, I like to relax. Yeah. Like let my mind do a lot of the thinking and music. I just want to get hyped up yeah, and turn up, throw man. around some weights. Turn up. <laughs> turn, turn up. <laughs> Adam, man, what do you turn up to in the gym, man? Yeah, man. I mean, for me, I'm the exact same way. I turn to music. In <laughs> fact, I actually did a little thing uh, over the last few months. I got back into working out heavily and I did something kind of interesting. I created a bit of a Pavlonian response for myself. Uh, Pavlonian response, of course, alluding to Pavlov's dog and um, the test over salivating meat and the ringing of a bell. Nonetheless, what I mean by that is what I did is I basically I play the exact same album every single time I work out. Um, and for me, what that does is immediately when that album starts up, I get hyped. And like, for me, it's this album by a band called Streetlight Manifesto. They're a ska band. It's an album called The Hands That Thieve. And for me, that's just like, that is the thing that puts me in the mood to work out. And right now, because I'm kind of getting back into working out, that's awesome for me because it's kind of created this uh, habitual response. And now every time I hear it, I'm like, amped up, ready to go. All right, that's interesting. Mitchell, that. do you do the same thing? Do you listen to the same stuff over and over, or do you mix it up? No. No, I have to mix it up when it comes to that. But, like, I don't know. When I used to play college baseball and when I played professionally a little bit in Germany, I had an hour-long, like, ritual that I would do before games, and they were always the same song. So, And I had my walkout song in college, and every single time I heard it, yeah, to this day, it still gives me chills and hypes me up. So, I mean, I can understand that. What was the walkout song, man? It's called Hell and Back uh, by Kid Ink. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't really, I, I kind of have like a playlist that I put together, you know what I mean? And I just kind of switch it up every now and then, like add songs to it, take songs out. But So I kind of, I guess, have a, it's not even an album, but a playlist that I kind of use a lot because I kind of put the songs that amp me up in it, you know, that I'm looking for. But I wouldn't say it's the same songs over and over. So that's interesting, Adam, that you play the same album over. That's kind of, I don't know. I've never heard of that. That's interesting. Maybe not as smart as you with your Pabalon. What'd you say? Pabalon response? What was it? Pabalonian. <laughs> Pabalonian. I don't know, man. I just lift weights and do cardio and stuff. I don't know what all that Pabalonian stuff is, but it sounds no, great. I mean, it's interesting that uh, Mitchell mentioned like walkout music because um, that's actually where I got the idea from. Oh, did I you? Heard <laughs> a, a, yeah, I had heard an MMA fighter talking about that, about how um, that can can get you amped up like listening to the same song every time that's your song that's like your go-to that's true that makes similar to what mitchell was saying about um you know listening to like the same thing for an hour before a game that that's something a lot of professional athletes do now of course working out in the gym totally different thing but for me i've always struggled with consistency around working out and this is something that kind of gets me in that that mood of being ready to go because i think you know, I, I can't speak for everyone, but speaking for myself, one of the hardest things for me in life around working out is just been being consistent and just doing it. And for me, that's kind of the trigger that gets me to go, okay, I'm ready to do it. Yeah. And that's what I needed. I got you, man. I might need to like play some Stone Cold music or something when I walk into the gym. Like, whoosh. 
<laughs> the glass break and stuff, you know? Get my own walk that into the drink. That makes me want to drink beer. <laughs> walk into the gym music. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I got you guys. It's awesome. All right, so that's it for the rankums. I have fun. We, we, we seem to kind of, you know, agree on a lot of it. So, now, you know, I guess we're kind of all on the same page right now. But what I do want to get to where I think we're going to vary a lot is on listener questions. So, again, like I said, I pull people on Twitter, different apps, whatnot. Um, all these, I think, came from the Fancy Life app, uh, which if you don't have already, please go get it. It's a great app, great people on there, uh, and, and lots of cool stuff. So the uh, the first question that we're going to go to is from at Paul Ryan 15, and he says, what player's hype train are you not buying a ticket for? Uh, Mitchell, you're the guest. You can go first, my friend. Ooh, that's, uh, that's nice of you. So the guy who I'm not going to buy, and I kind of lured to before, it's Jordan Howard. Um, okay. And it's simply because I don't believe that he's going to be able to put up the production simply that he did last year um, on this Bears offense that I believe is worse than it was last year. And I think a lot of it is sophomore slump for a running back. And I'm a big, I don't know, I truly believe that this is a real thing. Uh, when NFL teams or NFL coaches get an entire offseason to scheme for you and Anybody who's going to play the Bears is going to scheme, I believe, 100% for Jordan Howard and stopping Jordan Howard. And I went back and I looked at some statistics. And in the last, or since 2012, there's been three running backs, um, I guess technically now five with Howard and Zeke, but in their rookie year where they had over 180 fantasy points. Before last year, the other guys were Doug Martin in 2012, Jeremy Hill in 2014. Todd Gurley in 2015. Wow. Doug Martin in his rookie season averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Hill averaged 5.1, and Gurley averaged 4.8. Martin, his sophomore year, went to 3.6. Hill in his sophomore year went to 3.6, and we saw Gurley last year go to 3.2. Now, obviously, all those situations are different, but I think a lot of it is a lot of times teams then can find your weakness. They can try to execute that weakness. And I can definitely see Howard having a Todd Gurley-like season where he is very talented running back. I think Howard is, but he's just in such an awful situation. And NFL teams are very good at scheming for you. And if they can stop you, they're going to do it. And I think they, that's what's going to happen. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we go to Adam's um, Adam's player. When it comes to Howard, you're, you're obviously a little, you know, down on him this year. And of course, you got to think about ADP and all that. But if um, if you're talking like dynasty, how, how, how quick do you think they could turn that around where you feel good about him, though? Well, I mean, if we're talking dynasty, he's going really high right now. So I don't I wouldn't really want him. But I don't know. Say you already I, have him. I, Say you have him. You had him last year. You just, you know, you got him still. I mean, well, yeah. you, are I mean, you I'm holding on to him and, and you feel good like at some point this will turn around or are you like, let me try to move this guy while I still got a chance? To be honest, I would probably try to sell him if okay. I had him just because running back is such a quick turnaround in the NFL. I mean, he could have a great season and there could be a good – Bears legitimately could be the worst team in the NFL and maybe they take Saquon Barkley from Penn State and, oh, there goes Jordan Howard. I mean, right. it's like – the NFL, like people don't care if you're good. If they think they, they can get a better player at a better value, like you're not going to have a job anymore. And I think in the NFL right now, we see running back is not being a very valued position. And um, I don't know. Personally, I mean, I would sell high on him because I don't think he's going to have that high of a return next year. So, gotcha, Adam. Are you are you, are you going to hit on Howard too, man, or you got someone different? No, I got someone different, and uh, th- this might come as a shock to some people, um, but 
the hype train I'm not getting on is Jameis Winston. Okay. I am completely off the Jameis Winston hype train. It's this gotten out of control. Uh, right now, Jameis is going as the QB7, and that's really, for me, what this is based on. In NFL 1080p, he is going as the QB7, and I think that that's really drafting him in his ceiling. I, I do not see him uh, getting any higher than that. Last season, he only posted six top 12 performances over a 16-game season. And finishes the QB 20, both in points per game and in total fantasy points. I think that the addition of Deshaun Jackson is definitely going to boost him. I mean, it is his third year in the offense. I think that he will definitely be better than he's ever been before. But I think to have this expectation that he's automatically going to boost himself into a top five role, is just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what it's based on other than that we see his pedigree and we just expect that somebody's pedigree is going to then translate into fantasy production, which unfortunately isn't always the case. I mean, his best comparable player on player profiler is Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that's a great analogy for him. I could see Jameis Winston having a very similar career arc where he's able to lead a team to some Super Bowls, lead a team to this great AFC championship type or NFC championship type runs, but I just don't see him being a consistent fantasy winner, uh, especially this season. I just think that people are getting way overhyped on him, and I just think that ultimately for him to live up to what his ADP is right now, he's going to have to outperform so many proven quarterbacks that I just don't think he's worth the risk. Hmm. Mitchell, what do you think? Well, about I, mean, I, I can definitely disagree on that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe seven's high, but I definitely think he's a top 10 quarterback. And last season, he didn't even have close to the amount of weapons that he has this year. I mean, we're talking the addition of O.J. Howard, who could you know potentially give him another 400, 500 yards. Let's not forget about Cameron Bray, uh, Deshaun Jackson, that field stretcher. Mike Evans is such a stud. And then let's also not forget Chris Godwin out of Penn State. A lot of good things about Chris Godwin. And the last two seasons, Jameis Winston has been the only quarterback in the league who's been top three in air yards. And air yards are simply just the amount of yards that travel or the football travels. Last season, Kirk Cousins and Drew Brees were the only quarterbacks who had more air yards than Jameis Winston. And they also had seven or 800 more yards, yards after the catch. And I think that's simply because the players that they had on their team are more talented. And Jameis when he would throw the ball to a lot of these guys, yeah, sure, they would get tackled because I don't think they're as skilled. If you'd add another 800, 900 yards to Jameis Winston's stats, which with his receiving core that he has, I don't think that's too far of a stretch. And I would easily, I don't know, I can easily see him getting like 4,800 yards and 30 touchdowns. And sure, he's going to have the interceptions, but his rookie year, he rushed for six touchdowns. He only rushed for one last year. That could, let's say, go back up to three or four. Um, I like the Tampa Bay offense, and they're in a division that scores a lot of points. And I, the kid's young. He's, what, 22, 23? Heck, he's younger than me, which is just crazy to think <laughs> about. But um, I think they're handing him over the keys. It's third year in the offense. And I don't know. I'm excited for Jameis. I'm a, I'm a big Jameis believer. That's a hard disagreement right there, guys. So I'm talking about. You guys yeah, are right, both it's about opposite. time. Yeah, it's Jeez. about time. You guys are like coming too friendly over here. So it's a good, good disagreement there. You guys are basically, you know, I mean, I think Adam, you know, you don't hate him. You just don't think he's as valuable as people are saying he is. And Mitchell does ADP, agree with it. ADP seven is high. Yeah. I don't have him that high. 
Um, I, I probably, I think I have them at like nine or eight, which I don't know. I would, I, at times I, I don't like ranking guys at certain spots just because like Philip Rivers, I believe is my quarterback seven, as I've like alluded to before, but I love him so much because he's like being taken as quarterback 12. Right, so. right, 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 right. But that all goes different. But yeah, no, sweet. Sense. I'm glad we disagreed. Sweet. So let's see if we can get some more of those. Let's see. The next one is from at Swagzilla. He says, "Who's your sleeper?" Plain and simple. Who's our sleeper? He did. He did throw the caveat caveat in there that like that player must have an ADP of you know pick a hundred or later. So Adam, we'll let you start this one off. Who's your uh, Who's your sleeper, man? And I don't want five guys. I want one guy. So yeah, for me, this this was. Obviously difficult, as Neil kind of alluded to. I uh, I have a ton of guys outside of the top 100 that I want to tout. But uh, for me, it's got to be my single most owned NFL 10 asset right now. And uh, I stuck at the quarterback position for both of these, and it's Tyrod Taylor. Um, by comparison, Jameis Winston, I just talked about having six top 12 performances last year over a 16-game slate. Tyrod Taylor had nine over the 16-game slate, and on top of that, he had two finishes as QB 13. For me, he is like the ultimate Rich Rebar, hashtag Konami Code quarterback. He does that amazing thing that I love for my quarterbacks, which is he buoys his weekly production with rushing ability, and I absolutely love that. And what he was able to do last season without having Sammy Watkins and throwing to freaking Robert Woods is his number one wide receiver. To me, if, you know, if for some grace of God, they do end up signing Jeremy Macklin there, I think the sky's the limit. Ultimately, I could see him being an easy top 10 guy again this year. He finished his top eight, both in fantasy points per game last year and over the course of the total season with really what was a non-existent supporting cast outside of LaShawn McCoy. So for me, I think that he's one of those guys who's going extremely underlooked and ultimately has, to me, a huge ceiling. Uh, I honestly, I threw it out there on Twitter today and I didn't get anybody responding to it, but I would take two and a half to one odds if anybody would give it to me on Tyrod Taylor outscoring Jameis Winston this year. Oh, damn. First of all, don't be knocking Robert Woods. Goff would definitely disagree with you, man. Goff's like, hey, that's my guy, man. That's my guy. Mitchell, first he knocks Jameis Winston down a little bit. Now he picks up Tyrod. You, 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 are you mad at it or are you all right with it? No, like, I mean, I don't think he's going to outscore Jameis. I mean, I, I don't say that right now. I don't think that'll happen. But I don't know. Tyrod was the only quarterback last year who didn't throw for 20 touchdowns, who was in the top 20 uh the bills were ranked dead last in pass attempts i believe last season so that's going to come up and yeah i mean if they can land macklin with the addition of a healthy sammy Watkins, and i believe sammy Watkins will finally be healthy this year and he's also only 23 years old entering his breakout season which is the third year and zay jones is a good receiver who they just drafted and yeah i don't know i'm excited about the the Bills and Tyrod, and yeah, if you can definitely keep up that rushing. My only thing with Tyrod is the coaching staff. Just for some reason, just seems to not like him, and I don't, I don't know. That always kind of gets me worried a little bit with Tyrod. But no, I mean, I like it. Anytime we can find a quarterback that runs as much as he does and is good at it, uh, it definitely helps. Gotcha. And hey, who's your sleeper, man? My sleeper is a running back, and it is a uh, Jamal Williams. He is right now the backup to Ty Montgomery, but I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, 
earlier about two months ago i did a podcast with mike riggs on the fantasy empire um, podcast for gridiron experts and jamal williams was the guy i picked he's a running back out of byu he is kind of what's a good way to put it at times he can maybe run like a bull in a china shop which isn't always the best but he can hit holes and he can explode through them and Ultimately, he's my sleeper because he is on the Green Bay Packers. And that team's going to put up points, and that's what I want to see. And last season, Eddie Lacy was able to have 5.1 yards per carry. And he was on pace for 1,200 rushing yards. I mean, I think we can all agree that Eddie Lacy is maybe not the best shape of a running back. <laughs> yeah. And this Jamal Williams guy, if he can come in and he can execute, I think we're looking at a guy who, yeah, he might not start the first four weeks but he could be this year's David Johnson, Jordan Howard, who just absolutely comes out of the gates blazing, or after four weeks comes out of the gates blazing and then is a true, truly like a league winner. So that's for fair. me, it's Jamal Williams. That's fair, man. That's a good one. That's that's definitely a sleeper. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Ty Montgomery, you know, do you think that Williams will get more play because Ty Montgomery will get hurt or phase more to like wide receiver gadget guy, or do you think that he's just a better player? <laughs> I think as just a pure running back, I think he's a better pure running back. That being said, last season the Packers were 7-1 and one in games that they gave Ty Montgomery 11 touches or more in. Yeah. And I think coach look, coaches look at those stats and say, okay, when we get this guy involved, we win games. Right. The Packers like to spread it out. And I always love this stat when I talk about Aaron Rodgers. Last season, Rodgers inside the red zone, 31 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So as an NFL coach, I'm going to think, hmm, I'm in the red zone. I'm going to pass the ball. Yeah. Why? Because I have Aaron Rodgers. Nasty. And I think that could maybe limit Jamal Williams' upside. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I can find a running back who I believe is going to be the starter of the Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers after the 100th pick, I'm all about that. That's fair, man. That's fair. The next question, at Neil Nagel 22 do you trust DeAndre Hopkins this upcoming season? Uh, Mitchell, you can start, man. Well, if anybody's ever followed my career and where I've, I guess, really started, DeAndre Hopkins was my number one bust last year. And to be honest, it's kind of how I got some of the writing gigs that I did just because I was willing to say that I don't think he was going to have a good year. And to say, that, do I trust him this year? I don't. I don't know who's going to play quarterback. I don't know if it's Savage. And I don't know if it's Watson, but I'm not necessarily confident in either of them being able to get Hopkins the ball. Hopkins has never been a receiver, yards after the catch kind of guy. He's actually been in the bottom of the league the last two years. And I, I don't know. I don't. I understand Watson was very highly touted out of Clemson, but I think uh, the team that he was on didn't get enough credit for how good he was. He had a great offensive line. He had a good receiving core. And with Watson, I don't know if you guys know this, but Watson is has the weakest. If he were to be a starting quarterback, he would have the weakest arm in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> at the combine, he threw the ball 49 miles an hour. And there's only two starting quarterbacks currently in the NFL who have ever thrown for under 55. And they are Dak Prescott, who is actually dealing with a shoulder injury, and Tyrod Taylor. And for me, I don't know, I'm not overly confident in – the Bill O'Brien offense and being able to get it to receiver and they're still going to lean on that defense and that running game. And no, I don't know. I just, I like DeAndre Hopkins as a talent, but for fantasy and where he's going, I'm, I'm passing on him. Man, Adam is going to eat that Deshaun Watson take up because he feels the same way. 
But guys, like I said earlier, there's a first time for everything. And hopefully Deshaun Watson is that first time and proves you guys wrong with this miles per hour crap. But Adam crap i'm just you know i'm just giving you, you I, I have to give you guys you crap i have to give you guys crap about it because i know he's about to agree with you on it so well listen listen to this and this is this is kind of so like believe me i'm not a math guy and I, one of my really good friends is a math guy mm-hmm. and he told me if you throw a football 20 yards okay 20 yards a three mile an hour difference is six feet that's a lot and and a game that's all about timing and a game that's already super difficult for a guy to process in his rookie year man six feet is a lot and for a guy who's already had interception problems i don't know man i don't know i don't know man born winner he's a winner man he's a leader college we've seen a lot of guys born winners born leaders (laughs) in college and and the pros are real reality check they're real losers then right that's what you're saying all right i didn't say that i'm gonna get you guys going that's i'm trying to amp you guys up Adam? I'm not saying he's the next Jamarcus Russell, but Adam, <laughs> Adam, with these miles per hour, man, go ahead, go ahead and run with it. Since Mitchell started it, oh god, Mitchell, you got to go back and listen to the podcast that we had Elliot Christ on because yeah. man, you just you just hit the nail on the head for me. And Elliot is the biggest Watson fan that you'll ever meet. So uh, you guys can have a fun discussion on Twitter about that. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I uh, I literally laughed out loud when he, when you brought that up. So I apologize for interrupting you with laughter. But man, for me, that's that to me is the biggest thing in the world. Like, if your throw velocity is that low, you have to be phenomenal outside of the pocket. Which you know, some people think he is, and and if he is able to utilize that ability, that might help him be somewhat successful. Um, but to stay on point, we're, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins here, and I too agree that uh, DeAndre Hopkins has a ton of bust potential written all over him for me. I mean, really, the only sample size that we have of DeAndre Hopkins being a wide receiver one in fantasy football was a half a season stretch where he was on a god awful team getting a ton of targets in games that they were mostly getting blown out. So ultimately, I just feel like we don't have a lot of positive outliers for him. And furthermore, if we ran into a situation where Deshaun Watson does become the quarterback there, which I think a lot of people feel like would be the best case scenario for DeAndre Hopkins, for him to finish as a top 12 wide receiver, he would join only Reggie Wayne and Steve Smith as the only wide receivers to ever post top 12 wide receiver seasons with a rookie quarterback. And one of those guys had Andrew Luck throwing to him. So it just, to me, it seems so outrageous to have DeAndre Hopkins in your top 12. For me right now, I'm debating even dropping him outside my top 24. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, you guys. Unbelievable. That's that's a hell of a stat. I love stats. I mean, if anybody reads any of my articles, I love I love just when you can really find that one stat and you can just like it even blows your mind. That's what I like to do. And that's a good stat, man. So touche to that. Shout out to Jacob Rick Road at Clutch Fantasy. That actually that to me, I, I've got to give credit where credit is due. That was one that he dropped and I have touted that over and over since then because Jacob's somebody who I totally go to all the time for these great little nuggets that he finds that are just brilliant. 
And uh, if you guys aren't following at Clutch Fantasy out there, please do. He's a phenomenal writer over at RotoViz and probably one of the most respected people from me in the industry. He's one of the guys who I respect the most. I love his process and him and I think very similarly in a lot of ways. So shout out to him for that stat. Shout out to Clutch DeAndre Hopkins. Fantasy. Shout out to Sean Watson. Don't listen to these guys. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. You guys gave good takes. They make sense. All the stats are there, but I just personally hope you're wrong. Is that fair, guys? Yep, whatever. That's fair. Don't whatever. On to the next question. Let's move to the next question at 60 miles an hour. At Dem Bones, who do you think is the worst fantasy player that gets the most elevation based on his situation and, and vice versa, the best fantasy player that gets the most devalued um, due to his situation. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? Did I explain that correctly? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Mitchell, since I'm you confused. said yes first and Adam's probably over there confused, we'll let you go first. Well, for me, the worst fantasy player this one was a little bit more difficult for me. I went with Devontae Adams, and one of the benefits over at the fantasy football is we get Matt Harmon, and he's doing a reception perception of the top 50 receivers. And, uh, little spoiler, I've seen it on Devontae Adams, and it's not very good. And I think one of the reasons why Devontae Adams is as good as he is is because we've said before, Aaron Rodgers, he's uh, yeah, he's pretty good. There's uh, some breaking news there. And with a guy <laughs> who had, what, 14 touchdowns last year, Adams, I don't know if that'll happen again. And let's not totally forget about Randall Cobb. He's been battling some injuries. And same thing. I don't know. Adams is a good receiver, but I don't think he would be the receiver that he is. On any other team, I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers turn James Jones into a 14-touchdown guy. So, And then the other one for best fantasy player, for me, it's Todd Gurley. And I just, I don't know, I love Todd Gurley as a talent, and it absolutely kills me to see him on a team like the Rams. But I think this year he could turn it around, and I actually kind of wanted to ask you guys some things. So in his rookie year, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Last year, he averaged 3.2. Would you guys say it's realistic for him to get to his career average of 3.9 this year? I think it's realistic. I think it is. I don't, I don't, I don't see why not. I, uh, I, think he, I think he has a better year than last year. I think he bounces back a little bit. I think last year was like the bottom for him, if that makes sense. Like I don't feel like he'll get worse than that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. I totally agree. I mean, I think anytime you get rid of Jeff Fisher <laughs> yeah. um, and that – that vanilla offense, I mean, you want to talk about ice cream flavors. I, mean, I bet you if you took <laughs> Jeff Fisher to Ben and Jerry's, he would choose vanilla. Oh, like, he's just like that kind of guy to me. But last season, the Rams averaged 14 points a game. The last time a team averaged under 14 points a game was the Chiefs in 2012. And I don't know. I just think from a just from a standpoint of like, I don't think they can be as bad as what they were last year like i just don't believe it and right. if Gurley can average let's just say 3.9 yards per carry which i think is very doable and let's say he keeps the exact same amount of receiving that he did last year he comes out to be like running back 11 and that's about 1084 yards eight touchdowns and i don't know i mean that's basically where he's going in his adp and to me that's like i don't want to say it's his floor but i'm fine saying Todd Gurley is going to get 3.9. I think he could easily see the mid-fours. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Adam, do you? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I actually, I'm so glad that I, I thought up two guys for each of these because I kind of <laughs> had a feeling that we both would pick Todd Gurley. Because uh, I think it's almost impossible not to. I mean, to me, Todd Gurley is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. I'd honestly be hard-pressed to decide between him and Ezekiel Elliott at number three if we're just saying based on talent alone. Like, it, to me, is that close. And really, I think that... You know, this year is going to be very telling for what his career arc is going to end up looking like because we just got rid of what everyone thinks of as the worst thing or the biggest thing, I should say, holding him back, which was Jeff Fisher. So if he can, you know, move forward from that and and be successful, that'd be phenomenal. I still am always wary, though, of these running backs that are going to be on bad offenses on teams that are not going to score a lot. So he still makes me nervous because he is still going in the second round quite, quite regularly. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that that's ultimately that that's the go-to pick in a question like this. Um, But for me, the, the two guys that I came up with ultimately the guy for me who is the least talented and gets buoyed the most by his situation has to be Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, (laughs) this is the guy who ultimately I feel like he's he's like the dog that gets kicked by everybody in the fantasy industry, <laughs> and for that I feel sorry. But it's it's not that it's not unwarranted. Like it, it's sad, but it's true. He's a guy who just gets a ton of targets year after year and has not really turned around and done much with him. Last year, he got 117 targets that ranked for 23rd in the NFL in total targets, and he was only able to put up a wide receiver 32 fantasy points per game season. That, I mean, I don't like metrics like, you know, efficiency metrics that are like fantasy points per target, but I think in this particular situation, it is interesting that he could get 117 targets and be 49th in fantasy points per target. He's just a guy who basically, to me, stands there, catches the ball, falls down. <laughs> like he just his yards after catch are abysmal and, and to me he just he does not embody anything exciting, but he's attached to Cam Newton. And that is extremely that's an extremely good situation to be in. And and Cam Newton had a regressive season last year, so I think that he'll rebound this year. Um so I think that Kelvin Benjamin is one of those guys that for me even though I hate him, when we get into that wide receiver 30 range, he's a guy who's probably going to end up finishing in that range. So unless there's some guys still on the draft board that I think have the potential to break out and become top 24 receivers, he's a guy who I often still try and consider because I think that's one of the holes in my fantasy game is too often I see guys like this who I think are just bad players, but I don't give them enough credit for the situation that they're going to be in. Right. So, for me, it's ultimately, it's definitely Kelvin Benjamin. And uh, for my player who, once again, another season, he will be in a terrible offense, but I think can outperform his terrible situation once again, has to be Kenny Britt. I mean, we saw him do it in that horrible Jess Fisher offense that we were just talking about last year, being able to finish as a top 24 wide receiver while attached to a horrible passing game and while receiving less targets than Kelvin Benjamin, by the way. So for me, I think that uh, he is a guy who ultimately is able to overcome his situation. And I think that 
Cleveland is an ascending franchise to me, and I don't think that they're going to turn around and be anything great this season. However, I think he's in a position there to really be able to be a guy who gets a lot of targets again, probably going to go over 100 in targets, and I think it's just so talented, has shown that he has this ability to really be a number one wide receiver on an offense, and I hope that he can be that for Cleveland and then ultimately prove a lot of people wrong in regards to what they think of him, kind of from an NFL talent perspective. Gotcha. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, those are all fair. Um, and, you know, just in the sake of moving this along, I'll just get I, I, two guys I want to get mine really quick. Um, for the for the most uh, elevated, I, I, it's hard to pick a worse player because, like, we're knocking somebody who probably shouldn't be knocked really because, I mean, obviously they're talented guys, every one of them. But I would say Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't. I think that he gets elevated now. Obviously, with Macklin getting traded and and all these things, just kind of I don't know. His, his hype has gone through the roof from everything I'm seeing from people. So I feel like he can't possibly live up to the hype people are putting him on. Um, and then my most devalued uh, anyone who's been listening to this for a long time knows I love Mark Ingram, and I feel like the dude is way more talented than Saints. Just don't allow it to ever happen for some reason. Everyone always says you know the Saints hate this guy for some reason. Um, I just feel like on another team who like fully invested in him, uh, it would pay off way more. Um, but just to move it along, those are my two takes. I don't know if you guys disagree or agree. Do you guys hate either one of those? No, I love the Ingram pick. I love love the Ingram pick there. Yeah, I can get on board with him. All right, cool. The last uh, listener question we have before we move to foul or no foul is from Ryko58. And he basically straight up asks, why do so many people hate Fat Rob, a.k.a. or Rob Kelly, a.k.a. Fat Rob, um, Washington Redskins running back? Um, Adam, you can start. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. I'll I'll try and be brief in my tearing apart of Fat Rob. So (laughs) Rob Kelly is a guy who he – completely outperformed any expectations last year. I mean, alone, just on an attempt standpoint, he had 168 carries last year. That is more carries than he had in his senior and junior year of college combined at Tulane. That's insane. That's something you never see. Ultimately, he was an undrafted free agent who came to the NFL with basically no pedigree Um, He shows nothing from a metric standpoint. He is the definition of a jag. He's just a guy back there. And I think that the reason that people show him no love is because he is basically Matt Asiata. And the thing about Matt Asiata, though, in the NFL was Matt Asiata still scored touchdowns. Matt Asiata still ruined Careers like Jarek McKinnon's, who we thought were these metric freaks who were going to break out and overcome them. So Rob Kelly, to me, could be one of the most pesky players in the NFL this year in that he might hold back Samaje Ryan from being what a lot of people want him to be. But ultimately, Fat Rob is just, he's nothing exciting. Mitchell, you agree, man? Totally agree. I actually think you could have just ended it with he's just a guy. We could have <laughs> probably just moved on. But you know, in our last uh, our last Gridiron Experts podcast, Mike Riggs said Samaj P. Ryan is going to have over 1,000 yards this year. And I think he could do it. I, I think he's going to beat out Rob. Uh, it's not going to take a lot for the coaches to see that P. Ryan's just the, the better back. And I think a great comp to P. Ryan is Michael Turner. I mean, P. Ryan's legs are legit, legitimately the size of my torso. Um, the dude is just humongous. I don't, I can't even imagine what he squats and he's just going to run over people. And he is a really impressive prospect out of Oklahoma. And, um, 
I don't know. I'm excited for P. Ryan and that Redskins offense, and I think it's only going to be a matter of time before P. Ryan just shows that he's just clearly the better running back. Yeah, I've seen Gruden keep talking up Fat Rob, and I don't know if it's like a motivation thing to motivate P. Ryan or to motivate Fat Rob or what, but he just keeps talking him up like how much he likes him and he does this right and that right. I don't know if that's just a ploy, you know, to, <laughs> to motivate P. Ryan or what. If coaches are saying bad things about their players in June, it means like they seriously yeah. like dislike them. Yeah. June is the hype up month. Yeah, I'm probably looking too much into it, man. I'm just, you know, looking into everything, man. All right, all right. So that's why we don't like Fat Rob, guys. If that doesn't answer your question. I don't know what will. Um, the last thing we're going to jump to before we end this bad boy is Foul or No Foul, my personal favorite segment of the show. Are you guys ready for Foul or No Foul? Let's do it. Team me up. It's that time again. Let's play another round of Foul or No Foul. For those who don't know what Foul or No Foul is, if this is your first time ever listening, welcome. But Foul or No Foul is kind of our our thing here. It's kind of our our mainstay. And Foul or No Foul, basically, what happens is I give statements to these guys, uh, whether they're statements given to me by people on Twitter, anywhere else, or they're stuff that I just made up, pulled up from articles, whatever it is. Um, If these guys uh, disagree with the statement, it's a foul. So it's a foul. They don't agree with what's being said. If they do agree with it, there's no foul on the statement and it's good they agree with it all right guys the first one and, I, and, and just for everyone, so everyone knows i keep these totally away from you guys um just for the fact that i don't want you guys to even prepare for it it's fun that way do we, do we just <laughs> scream out or is it like yeah i'll let you go first man i'll let you go first i'll let you go first and then after you we'll let adam go or we'll, we'll, we'll switch it back and forth so you'll go first yeah, this time right. and then we'll let do fair. second all right cool so the first one um tj ward was recently interviewed, right? He said that um, Akeem Talib ripped off Crabtree's chain off of his neck during a game last season because Talib felt that by wearing jewelry out like that on the field um, was disrespecting them. You know, saying like, I'm not worried about you guys. It's wearing my chain out here. It's all good. This ain't no big deal. Um, the reasoning provided by Ward makes the act of ripping Crabtree's chain off his neck acceptable. Foul or no foul? still think it's a foul i don't see why you'd rip off somebody's jewelry i mean if you're blaming that for the reason why he just absolutely just smoked you or i don't know i i don't i think it's stupid i think the nfl at the end of the day is a it's a job and who cares if the guy's wearing jewelry or not i mean let's grow up guys right exactly i agree with you man nothing even happened for that right i mean he didn't get fined flagged nothing that kind of pissed me off even worse. So this just adds insults to injury. And then on top of it, if you didn't see the interview, someone said like, so what if someone ripped off your chain? TJ Ward was like, I'll beat their ass or some shit like that. And I was like, really, dude? Like, come on, man. That sounds terrible. Adam, foul or no foul? Yeah, it's a total foul. It's such a meathead thing to do. But, <laughs> you know, these are guys playing a brutal sport. Like, they rip off each other's chain. whoop de do Like, at the end of the day. But, I mean, yeah, it's a foul. All right, next one. This is, remember, guys, these don't have any kind of topics or anything that I stick to, so I'm just going all over the place. Binge watching a TV show is better than waiting each week to catch a new episode. Foul or no foul, Adam? No foul. I I totally agree. Ultimately, like, there is something really exciting about certain shows being able to, like, get amped up and like know that you've got a new episode coming out. I've definitely experienced that and I do enjoy it, but man, the the feeling of like finding a new TV series that you're super excited about and then just getting to sit down and watch as much of it as you want to is such an exciting feeling to me. Like honestly, I finished how to get away with murder a 
about a month ago, and I haven't found anything to fill the void for me since then. And that that there's something missing. Like I I love that feeling of like finding a new TV series and like getting super engulfed into it and just like devouring it. So you like to binge, and you have nothing to binge on right now. Nothing to binge right now. I'm, I'm welcome to suggestions. Yeah, I was going to say. Many. I was going to say, listeners should definitely send suggestions over to you, man. I'm sure you haven't definitely. seen everything. Throw them out there. <laughs> I, I've, I've had a lot of different suggestions. I've tried a lot of things recently, too. Things that I expected to like, but uh, haven't gotten into anything recently. Send them a winner, guys. Send them a winner. Mitchell, foul or no foul? No foul. I mean, in today's world, we're all pretty busy, so I mean... There's some nights where, yeah, I can't sit down on a Thursday and watch my show. So guess what? If I want to watch it on a Saturday, Sunday, whatever, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it. Uh, My shows, though, when I was in Germany, I watched a lot of Netflix. Uh, I went through White Collar, which is a great show. I don't know if you've ever seen that. That actually might be my favorite Netflix series of all time, White Collar. Um, I went through Breaking Bad, Big Bang Theory, How I Met Your Mother, um, my favorite like cartoon, I guess, is Rick and Morty. Huge Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> nice. Um, Such a good cartoon. Dude, it's amazing. But I actually just got into The Office. Um, I'm originally from I'm like Central PA, like Scranton, like where it's kind of like set. And I don't know, I wasn't really into it um, in college or in high school. So, But I just recently jumped into that. But I don't know I try to watch like an episode or two a week. And if I can do that, I'm pretty happy. Sweet. So we all agree on binge watching. Really quick, I don't want to keep glossing over this. You played baseball in Germany? Yeah, no. I, I played college baseball, and then I had the opportunity to play professional Bundesliga for the Cologne Cardinals, and uh, I pitched for a year. Nice. I got my work visa and moved over in June and moved back. It's pretty awesome, man. It's pretty awesome. Was, was, that, so like a, was that a really different experience, playing somewhere else like that? Yeah, no, it was really cool. I mean, I was the only guy who played at a smaller school. I mean, we had other guys who played professional baseball, and the Americans, we were the only um, players who actually got paid money. Um, the other guys, and I mean this in all honesty, got paid in beer. Wow. That's a real thing in Germany. <laughs> yeah, no, Germany's a fun place, man. If if anybody ever wants to visit Germany with me, I, um, I would be more than happy to help pay for the way <laughs> that's awesome were, were you able to like could, could you have stayed longer or you, or you just wanted to come home or was it something that just ended that that ended and you're on to a new thing well my work visa ended but i mean i also wanted to come home because i missed home yeah uh, i really did but i don't know I, I don't know if i would ever live in germany full-time but it's definitely a fun place to visit and i encourage anybody just to visit different parts of the world and travel while yeah. you can and just because it's totally different lifestyle totally different culture and that's man, very cool. Germany's a fun place. It's very cool. I didn't want to keep glossing over that, man. I was like, it's so interesting. I can't just keep ignoring this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, no worries. The next one. Um, the love that Amir Abdullah is getting right now in fantasy football circles is fair and well-deserved and will only continue to rise as the season gets closer. Foul or no foul? No foul. Love. I, I love Amir Abdullah. I think it's funny because I literally just wrote him out as a He's one of my bold predictions for gridiron experts. And the reason why I did it is because I think he kind of gets labeled as a guy who's very injury prone. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I mean, let me ask you guys something. I mean, if somebody gets injured one year out of six seasons, are they considered injury prone? Um, For me, it's not. I mean, the guy never missed a game in college, played all 16 games his rookie season. And, oh, guess what? He got injured one year in the NFL. I mean, guess what? That happens. Right. Was it a Liz Frank injury? 
yeah, like I understand that, but Amir Abdullah has legitimate running back one upside. If he can play all 16 games, and we talk about a running back class that is super, super deep in the NFL draft. Lions didn't address any of it. If anything, they addressed their offensive line, and they tried to build that wall. And yes, I understand Theo Riddick is there as a pass catching back, but in the one game sample size, which I understand is a very small sample size that we saw last year, um, Abdullah had 12 carries, 63 yards, five catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. And um, I don't know, 17 touches a game for a guy who is very electric like Abdullah. I'm uh, I'm all about it right now in a six round ADP. So it's a good question. I'm glad I got to actually sound pretty intelligent on that one. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm actually more of the thinking like I don't understand how people are hating on him. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't even get that part of it. Like if all they have is that injury thing to hang on to, like it just doesn't connect for me because I'm like so many guys get injured. It's like that's really the yep. only thing you have to knock them on. It's not. It doesn't make much sense to me. So the only thing I can imagine is that you're not really looking at the full picture when it comes to him. Um, Adam, you agree? Oh, I I love Amir Abdullah. He's my second most owned MFL ten running back right now. I think that honestly, I mean. It, I, I could say that I don't understand the argument, but I've gotten in enough Twitter arguments with people who aren't Amir Abdullah supporters to understand where they're coming from. Not that I agree with it, but mostly uh, I loved what Mitchell said about the fact that he's been injured one year in six seasons. Like people fail to go back to college so often. And I remember when he came out of college, everyone, and I mean Everyone loved Amir Abdullah. This is a guy who was going in the sixth round in his rookie year. I mean, he was being touted by everyone from the biggest, you know, film analysts to the biggest metrics guys. Like, everyone loved Amir Abdullah. And then he got injured last year. And now everybody's shying away from him. And I have just been eating up that value. Yeah. Ultimately, the argument that I've heard against him, which I think is somewhat valid, but again, I just, I don't agree with it, is that Theo Riddick's going to be there and he's going to eat into his passing production and that they have other options to utilize in the red zone. So they don't know if he's going to be efficient in scoring touchdowns. And ultimately, if you can't score touchdowns and you don't get a lot lot of passes – It's really hard for you to have RB1 production. However, I feel like, first and foremost, there's a big void on that team that was left from Anquan Bolden leaving um, that is going to have to be filled by something. And they don't really have a ton of new receiving options uh, outside of rookie Kenny Galladay, who I really love, but he is a rookie. And ultimately, I don't really know if he's going to flash in the first year. And... Eric Ebron, I mean, we've been waiting for him to come on forever. So I don't know if it's going to be another year of waiting for him to come on. So the running backs coming out of that backfield are, I think, going to get a lot, a lot of targets. And for me, I think Amir Abdullah just has this amazing pedigree that's going overlooked. I mean, the range that you're able to get him in is just ridiculous. Drafting him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round sometimes is just insane to me. Yeah. And I think that the guys going around there don't even come close to possessing the level of upside that he has. To me, like he's a home run candidate. I mean, he's really one of those guys who could win you your league if he stays healthy. Right. Totally agree. It sounds like we all love him. Really quick, though, the, the NDP that he's at right now, we all like it. Um, we all love it. How how high would that have to go for you not to love it anymore? 
Third? Third round? Yep, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah, third round is when I would start questioning it. I mean, I I have not sat down and, like, actually hammered out my own rankings yet. But once you get outside those top, like, eight running backs, really, it's tough to make any sense of anybody after that. I mean, we were just talking earlier, and Mitchell laid it out why Jordan Howard might not be that successful this year. I mean, there's arguments against Todd Gurley, Carlos Hyde. I mean, a lot of these guys who are getting shoved into that bottom RB1 range. So for me, there's really not a lot of locks outside of maybe like the top six or seven running backs. And from what we know about the history of running backs is even though we think those top six or seven are locks, there's a great likelihood that half of those guys are not going to live up to their draft capital and very likely that they're going to fall completely out of the top 12 and maybe even out of the top 20. So there'll definitely be room to move up. And ultimately, I mean, this is why I love that zero running back strategy is because when you can get guys like Abdullah in the fifth and sixth round and then get PPR backs or guys like Frank Gore who are really going underrated, it makes zero running back look real pretty. Right. No, I, I love that you said that too. And I know we don't want to harp on it, but I found this stat out on myself doing a little digging because I was wondering, but here's a good stat that I'm sure you'll like. Um, since 2003, so let's we're going all the way back to 2003. In fantasy football, the top three consensus running backs, at least one of them has finished outside of the top 10 that season. Yeah, it's pretty so, and I and I think this year, like we talk about, oh, it's that big three: David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and Ezekiel Elliott. And it's literally every single year since two thousand, since two thousand three, one of the consensus top three running backs has not finished in the top ten. God, if you could tell me which one it was, I'd pay you good money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be yeah, tough right. this year for sure. We'll see, man. It's it's, it's gonna be fun. And, and like I said, I mean. It's it's hard to argue, man. I, I love Amir Abdullah. We all love him. It sounds like let's keep that let's keep the ADP around that place that it's at though, because it's beautiful there. The uh, I have two more Fowler No Fouls, and then we'll we'll hit the road, guys. Um, the next one, Jets. The Jets, with all these recent moves and stuff that they've been taking making, have taken over the Browns' place as the worst decision makers or team in the NFL. Fowler No Foul, Adam. I'm gonna say no foul. Um, I do not think the Jets are making bad decisions. I think what we're seeing right now in the NFL is a changing of the guard. I think they started watching the NBA, and they realized that you can tank still in the NFL. You can tank, and you can get a number one draft pick. And the Cleveland Browns have done an amazing thing with their analytics approach to drafting, and really, I think in a very short period of time, are going to turn around that franchise And I think we're seeing the Jets do a very similar thing. I think ultimately, I don't know if they're going to be as effective at doing it. But to me, the worst franchise, as far as their decision-making goes right now, is probably closer to a... It's Oh, my God. It's the Chicago Bears. Like, I, (laughs) I, I hate to harp on them. I mean, they're my hometown team and everything, and, like... The more I look into it, I I don't hate Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, Mitchell, I I don't know how you feel about the other Mitchell that's getting (laughs) hyped now. But, but I I mean, I don't hate Trubisky from a talent standpoint, but just the amount that we gave up to get him, we've got so many other holes on that team. Our defense is just garbage. I just, I don't, 
I just don't see it. Um, so for me, I don't think that the Jets are the worst. I think that they are trying to be the worst, if that makes sense. And I think that they're looking to rebuild over the next three years, which so I actually, think is really the right strategy. So you them. actually call foul then? Jets, you don't believe yeah. the Jets have taken over? Okay. Uh, Mitchell? Correct, yeah. Fall. Uh, I guess my question is, Adam, what's your Twitter? Because you and I are like kind of weirdly like in sync right now. <laughs> yeah, are you guys like the same person? I'm not, you know, this is strange. What's your Twitter? What's your Twitter? Oh, you follow me, my initial uh, at the other FF guy. Okay, I'm just making sure because, like <laughs> I said, we're like I don't know in sync right now. It's it's kind of freaking me out. Hey man, once like, you get on board with this Jameis Winston thing, like we'll be locking step. Listen, listen, I could deal with you guys agreeing with you a lot on the on the on the on the, uh, on the podcast here. I don't want to see you guys tweeting like each other next. That's if you guys are tweeting, I gotta unfollow one of you. So keep it separate over there. I don't know who it's has fine. more followers. So. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but I do. I, I don't know. I think it's awesome that you said all that. Um, I could not agree with it anymore. And I think it's funny you asked me about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I've actually never been asked more in my entire life what I wanted to be called, Mitch or Mitchell, <laughs> since like like the whole like thing came out with it. But ooh, ooh, no, wait, I, wait, I, which is it? Okay, no, no, no. We have to detract here for a second. Which is it? Is it? It's definitely Mitchell, right? <laughs> yeah, no. I'd, I'd I guess rather be called Mitchell. Sure. Okay. The only reason I got really excited is uh, shout out, rest in peace. My favorite comedian of all time is Mitch Hedberg. So I just <laughs> okay. I got a little excited. But Fair enough. M- moving um, on. <laughs> no, but I don't know. I think the Jets are doing what they're doing on purpose because, I mean, let's all be honest, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl anyway. And I think we can definitely agree they weren't going to win their division and they probably weren't going to have a 500 record. So why not tank and maybe get the. I've been doing a lot of reading and probably maybe tanking for Darnold, the quarterback at a USC. And yep. um, I don't know. The Jets are, I think, this year going to have the worst team in the NFL. Um, I've told it to many people that I'd be surprised if they had two wins. Um, and I truly, truly believe that like, that's how rough of a season the Jets are in store for. But And also, the NFL team who's making the most questionable decisions, I think it's the Bears. And it's, I don't know, you said everything exactly to what I was thinking. And like I said, I think it's funny and you guys are freaking me out, man. Yeah, it's it's freaking me out. <laughs> so we, so I guess what we what we're saying is then, here is then we, let's take it a step further. Oh, so I wanted to take it a step further. Take it a step further. Go ahead. To me, to me, the ultimate like greatest of all time move would be if the Jets go full dynasty rebuild on them and just like do something that I would do if it was a fantasy football team, which is see what they can get in return for the 101 next year. <laughs> because, man, I think that the return on investment would be gigantic for that. I think that what they'd be able to get in picks would help them rebuild so much faster than what they're just going to get taking a shot on a quarterback. Now, that's coming from myself. I do not do a ton of college scouting, so I cannot say like how great of a sure thing um, any particular prospect is going to be. But ultimately, like that's the one thing that I would love to see is for them to do something like that where they are able to trade the 101 and be able to just get this gigantic return for it. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I mean, I guess I'm a Jet fan. I used to work for the Jets in college, too. So, I don't know. They're kind of like the team that I definitely root for, and it's hard to see what they're going through. But I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson will come out, and I think the Sam Darnold will come out. So, those are two pretty pretty highly touted quarterbacks. And, yeah, maybe teams would be willing to give up a lot for them. 
All right, cool. So we definitely agree that the Jets will probably be the worst team in the NFL, but we all agree that it's for the right reasons. You know, we think that they're doing it the right way. So as crazy as that sounds, it's going to be the worst team. Yeah, we right. agree with it. <laughs> Man, this is a crazy episode. Um, yeah, it's only Institute of Lottery. <laughs> it's a good choice. Yeah. The last one, um, I don't know if you guys seen Jimmy Garoppolo recently said that like, he was he would resign with the Patriots or something like that. And so um, the, the foul or no foul question is, Patriots backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will stick around long enough to be Brady's replacement as starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, foul or no foul? I think Garoppolo will stick around because I think he's going to be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots next year. This is uh, this is going to be Brady's last year. So no foul. So yeah, you agree with it. There's no foul on the statement, so you agree with it. Um, no foul. Adam, foul or no foul? Yeah, I say no foul as well. Um, I I don't know. I keep going back and forth on whether or not this will be Brady's last year, uh, especially when they just re-signed Edelman for the next two. I just have this weird feeling that Brady's going to play the next two instead of just the next one. Um, but if I mean, I feel like if they win the Super Bowl this year, then Brady's just going to go out on top. I mean, I mean, what else? What most, else does he have to I mean, prove? Yeah. It'll have the most Super Bowls. I mean, they'll have won six in 21, or, yeah, 21 years. I Yeah, I think that's what it would be. Six I mean, it's just, it's just insane what they've been able to do as a dynasty. Not only that, I mean, this is, they've, the New England Patriots have never, and I mean, never have spent this much guaranteed money on players. I mean, they're not normally the team that goes out and makes all these big waiver wire splashes and goes out and signs all these players. But I don't know. I, I do a lot of reading, and I'm not going to give away any of my sources, unfortunately, for you guys. But I <laughs> read a lot about a guy who's, I don't know, has been doing a lot, and Giselle wants him to retire, and he's like seriously considering doing that because they want to have a long and healthy life together, which I totally understand. And like we said, Brady doesn't have a lot else to prove. And I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's got a good life? I mean, he's definitely up there. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I mean, and we're talking about money. I mean, he makes pennies compared to what Giselle makes. So, I don't know. I've been doing a lot of reading, and I, I really, truly believe um, it's going to be his last year now. That's off the premise that the Patriots win the Super Bowl again. If they don't <laughs> win the Super Bowl again, um, and I've recently just moved up to Boston, and that's really the only thing that's even in my mind or I even hear anymore. So, um no, but I think Brady retires if they win the Super Bowl. So Garoppolo's a new starter. Yeah, an interesting caveat, too. I think someone told me that they had the same agent, too, don't they? Mm, I, I have no I, idea. I think they had the same agent, which makes things even weirder to me. It's kind of just, uh-huh. I don't know, it's an odd situation. Um, but, yeah, man, we'll see. You're in Boston, man, so you're going to enjoy all that Patriot shit. You're going to love it, man, right? As a Jet Dude, fan, I'll tell you what. that's crazy. It's uh, Like I said, <laughs> I root for the Jets. I'm a fantasy football guy at heart. I'll root for any yeah. of my players, no matter what, but... If there's one thing I will say about the city of Boston, it is amazing at just how much they love like their sports and how much like this city is like such a family. And I don't know, I grew up New York fan, everything, living in Central PA, and um, I don't know. You have like the Steelers, you have the Eagles. I mean, there's different sports in PA, and you're always going to get your mix of I'm a, I like the Mets, and you're always going to get your mix of like the Yankees and all these teams. But up here, man, it is strictly Red Sox. Celtics and Patriots, and I think it's a pretty amazing thing. The city of Boston is an amazing place. Yeah, man, they they are definitely uh, you know, for, spoiled for, too. For, yeah. Spoiled fan. <laughs> yeah, and, and we finally have something in common, Mitchell. I'm a Mets fan too, although it's a sad connection, but I'm a Mets fan too. So we have a connection. Like you and Adam have had them all episode. I finally got one with you, man. A, <laughs> a sad connection. It has to be the Mets, but it's still a connection nonetheless. 
Um, so that's good, man. Well, that is it for the show. Actually, that's all we had in store. We hit them with a lot of content guys. So I think we covered a whole lot of bases. Um, people hopefully got a whole lot of stuff here from us, but, um, remind them Mitchell, you know, where they can find you, how they can support your work, um, everything that they can do, you know, to support you. Well, I will first off by saying thank you guys very much. This is definitely one of the more fun podcasts I've been on. And I hope you, consider having me on again and um yeah, absolutely I will, will also say it's probably the longest podcast i've ever been on <laughs> um, pride ourselves like said, on that. totally 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 worth a lot of good information but if you guys liked what you heard you can follow me on twitter at mitchell renz 365 i write for the fantasy footballers fantasy pros and i'm the head writer at gridiron experts i also run with mike riggs uh, the owner of gridiron experts our podcast the empire fantasy podcast and uh, we run two shows, that and the old school, which is run by Jody Smith, and uh, that podcast just had Scott Fish on it. We've had Sigmund Bloom on it, and we're about to get Mike Clay on it. So some pretty big name guys in the industry. So definitely check out that podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and soon to be on Stitcher. Uh, it's a pretty long plug, so I'll let you guys uh, take it over. <laughs> it's all good, man. Yeah, I mean, I think I speak for Adam, man. We really appreciate you know, you being on here with us and, and taking time. It's obviously like you said before, when we started, it's late. So, uh, we all had to go deep on this one. So I appreciate that. Um, and, and like I said, everybody follow him on Twitter. Um, Mitchell is like, like I said, he has tons of good content, but he's also always supporting people. So, um, that, that I, I, we don't bring anybody on here who we don't appreciate or respect what they do. So, um, you're on here for a reason and you're definitely welcome back, you know, whenever you'd like. Um, I am going to kind of put you on the spot here though, man, because I always like guys to, to, you know, leave us with a message or like a thought or anything, right? I don't mean fancy football. It can literally be anything. Um, whatever you want, but if everyone, everyone takes away one thing right now, um, from this episode, what would you like to tell them, man? I think no matter what you're going to do in life, you need to find, and I call it your PhD, um, and that's something that you're passionate, you're honest, and you're going to be determined in. And mine is in fantasy football, and I have a PhD in fantasy football, and nobody's going to outwork me. And if you can find your PhD in whatever you do, go for it, because that's what's truly going to make you great and stand out. So. That's I love my that. Life lesson. I love that, man. That's so clock dodger like you don't even know, but that's great, man. That's awesome, Adam. Any final words for Mitchell or, or any anything at all, man? Yeah, I mean, Mitchell, man, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a ton of fun. Like Neil said, I mean, we are running late, uh, but this has been well worth it, definitely. Uh, for everybody out there, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the other FF guy. As I teased earlier, I will have my debut writing article coming out here within the next week or so for playerprofiler.com. So please look for that. I will be sure to tweet it out, and uh, hopefully Neil retweets it to all the clock dodgers for kids who uh, have not yet decided to follow me up on the Twitter machine. Uh, um, so yeah, guys, please uh, please check it out. Let me know your thoughts on it. I, I love constructive feedback. I definitely am looking to be able to develop my craft and, and to keep working hard and, and put out great content for you guys. So I appreciate being on as always, Neil and Mitchell. Thank you so much again. Congratulations. No, thank you guys very much. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. Buckets of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Lots of good information, right? I told you, I promised you, I do never, I never lied to you guys. I never lied to you. I would never steer you wrong. So Mitchell, again, guys, 
I, I want to thank him for coming on. He's been super helpful, super supportive of what we're doing here. He really enjoys uh, the product as we enjoy his. So if you support Clock Dodgers, I always ask you guys to hit up the guys who are on the podcast, the guests. Let them know you had fun listening to them, that they dropped some good knowledge for you, whatever the case may be. Just show them some love um, so that they know you know you appreciated their time here on the show that they gave us. So check him out. Don't forget, guys, I want to thank one more time uh, Fantasy Loser Tattoos for sending these out to us. We really appreciate it. Like I said, they're really cool. Um, if you missed it in the beginning, there are these uh, temporary tattoos that you would give out to people in your league. Uh, typically the loser, you know, you'd put the, have the loser, put these on, take a picture with them, embarrass them a little bit, but it's fun. Um, so check those out. Fantasy loser tattoos. And of course, official fantasy rings.com um, sponsoring the podcast. We have the tournament that I'll give more information on later. Uh, but if you're interested, hit me up. Let me know right away because these are going to fill up really fast. Uh, a bunch of people have already hit me up. So if I get any kind of surprise guests in the league as well, uh, the, the, the spots are going to be limited. But it will be two leagues. So depending on how many uh, teams we put in the league will, you know, will vary. Uh, but again, these are for charity. So you will be making a donation. You will not pay to be in the league, but you will make a donation to charity. Uh, and then the winners of each league will both win a uh, ring, a championship ring from officialfantasyrings.com. Um, check them out, guys. If you don't, even if you even if you're not in this the leagues that I've referred to, you miss out on it, or you just want to spice up your league, similar to the tattoos that I'm talking about. Um, just go to their site check them out they got tons of uh, fancy rings i mean you can get fancy fucking fancy or you can get you know more just you know don't want to brag too much don't want to throw it in someone's face or you can get them tom brady flashy rings um but either way i'm going to help you whether you want to go the lower route you want to go the high end route i'm going to get you 20 percent off so use dodgers 20 when you when you purchase it and you will get 20 percent off your order um again guys as always i don't ever want to endorse or talk about or give love to products that i don't personally uh believe in enjoy like uh believe in their mission statement whatever it may be so i wouldn't be sharing these with you guys if i didn't have faith in it believe in it enjoy it myself so go check them out they're friends of the show uh check out mitchell check out adam um, oh, yeah, before I go, too, I just want to tell you guys, visit cloudladders.com if you're not already visiting it. Uh, we have a bunch of new content up on the site right now. Um, different stuff, to- totally different stuff. Some guys are totally new uh, to Cloud Dodgers. So we got some some new guys, um, such as Tyler. Hey, uh, you may know him as trade master <laughs> trade master um he's on fancy life app he just started uh contributing on there he's got a really cool article uh, tricks of the trade which uh this one's rags to riches about a bunch of players that you know maybe you weren't so high on last year because they didn't finish out well but he believes you should believe in them this year um check that out really fun article uh he brings his sense of humor to it for sure then we got um the zone read which if you haven't checked out those there's a couple on there already and he's dropping more soon uh that's dresden at albino squirrel on fantasy life app and he's got some different ones on there um, undrafted free agent articles and whatnot um, so check his stuff out again really well written stuff and of course you got the fresh meat stuff the census ranking stuff they're all coming some more updates on those and we got a couple of other things coming on the pipe not to mention we started a youtube channel I want to ask you guys really quick if you could please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, the name on there is just Clock Dodgers like everywhere else. Um, that helps a lot um, because we want to get that popping. And so I'm trying to let you guys see my face a little more, not just my voice. Um, so go on there, subscribe to that. I only got one. Well, I got a couple of the podcast episodes up on there, um, but also um, doing videos uh, just about random stuff. So right now there's a top five podcast list on there, uh, episode on there that, you know, five podcasts that I'm listening to at the current moment the most that I enjoy the most. Um, so go on there and check those out. 
And as always, the shirts, the wristbands, those things are always for sale on the website. Click on them, order them. I will mail them out to you. We will make it happen. I love you, Clock Dodgers family. You have a great day. Remember, remember, make somebody smile today. Make somebody happy. Make somebody laugh. Pay that shit forward. All right? Be kind. Be great. Keep dodging. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.